Welcome to the show from the MD and Chef Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? And I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. <laughs> yes. Well, then, we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. we like, like to have fun, fun too. <laughs> so let's, let's get, get on with the show. Hello, Jody. I'm so glad you're here with us today at Doctor on a Mission. I am happy to join you today. Very excited to be here. And where are you coming from? I'm actually coming from a small town in Ontario. I live in cottage country. And as you can see behind me, it's storming out today. No, we can't see the storm. Is it supposed to be snowing or? No, just the thunderstorm because it's summer here. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Down in New Zealand, we're kind of like spring. It's just about to begin spring. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce you and just tell everybody a lot about you. This is Jody Eleanor. She is an anxiety expert extraordinaire. She's on a mission to help women heal anxiety holistically so they can spend more time enjoying life and less time fearing it. I love that. She combines her training as a therapist, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, and a yoga instructor to truly offer a mind-body approach to healing. Now, Jody became passionate about functional medicine through her own health journey. She spent 13 years, 13 years, wow, seeking answers to gut issues and anxiety after living in Africa. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I always love to hear people's stories. So if you don't mind just telling us, you know, your story, spend time telling us your story because people learn so much. Yeah, I mean, my story is a very uh, wild story. One day I will write a book on it. Um, but it, it really started, uh, well, I like to start it in Africa. Um, so I lived in Tanzania for about a year and a half. And when I was there, I got gut issues. Um, and it was really obvious the minute that I got them. Um, I stopped digesting food normally. And I sort of knew there was a trigger point. So, you know, back then I assumed, you know, I would come back to modern medical facilities. They would figure out what was going on. Oh and, yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, and then everything would be fine. And so I thought, you know, I'll just, I tried a couple of um, parasite medications when I was down there and nothing really seemed to take. And so I came back to um, Canada and I, I got slept on the IBS diagnosis, um, irritable bowel syndrome, right? Um, so I spent quite a long time sort of living with that. I tried a couple of different, you know, cleanses. I tried the candida cleanse, tried changing my diet a little bit. But for the most part, I sort of buried my head in the sand um, because I was like, I don't know what to do about it. It's not really impacting my life. So, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Um, and then um, there was like a turning point about eight years after that fact. And 
I started to become really, really anxious. And what I assumed was, you know, my gut health was catching up to me. So I assumed, you know, it's been eight years since I've been sick. Uh, you know, this is what's creating this malabsorption in my body. And so now all my systems are off. And so I'm just declining and I have this anxiety. So what I didn't realize is that I had actually moved into an apartment that had hidden mold. And so there was water damage behind um, the bathroom wall. So the water was leaking from the apartment above me to the apartment below me, but I wasn't seeing any of the water. So I had no idea that the whole entire back end of the wall was literally full of mold. And so when I first moved into this apartment, I had trouble sleeping and I, I thought, oh my goodness, like I'll just change the bed around. And so I moved the bed all around the room and I thought, well, maybe this is an old building. Maybe it's haunted or something. Like I just tried to come up with like all of these strange reasons, right. To, to explain why. And it ended up being, um, mold. I was like being exposed to mold. And so that's sort of when my anxiety became like very out of control. So I started having heart palpitations all the time. And, you know, it's, it's not funny, but it was, it's funny a little bit now, but it wasn't at the time, but I would get them watching master chef. Um, and so I was like, I don't know if they have master chef where you are, but it's like, Oh yeah, we got lots of all that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought it was really interesting because I wasn't afraid that Gordon Ramsay was going to jump through my screen and make me cook. Like there was no real risk. And yet the excitement of watching this and being like, Oh my goodness, go, go, go would excite my body so much that I would have these heart palpitations. And this started to affect, like I couldn't exercise as much anymore. I would wake up in the night with them. Anything that was really exciting, I would have these heart palpitations. And so I went back to the doctor and I'm like, look, like I have this crazy anxiety now. How can you help me with it? And I thought for sure, you know, they're going to connect it to my gut. They're going to be able to understand that this is probably related. And instead they were like, "Mm, you have anxiety now. We'd like to give you a prescription for anxiety medication. Um, And I had a bit of depression at that point too. So I, I carried around that script in my wallet for two years um, as safekeeping, sort of like the safety blanket, but I, I never took it because I had this sense that it was really related to something a lot deeper. Um, you know, so I sort of got into the functional medicine sphere that way, um, which has really helped me to see the physiological kind of aspect of my mental health issues and yes. link it to my gut issues. And I also actually had training as a therapist. So, you know, when I was looking at Gordon Ramsay and the whole kind of shebang with that, I knew that my anxiety wasn't because my thinking was maladaptive because I knew how to recognize it in myself and others. And I was like, this isn't a thought disorder that's triggering this physiological response. There's something physical going on. Yes. Yes. So when I first met my first functional medicine doctor, I'd seen a five naturopaths I saw a GI specialist, an infectious disease doctor, um, and a few different family medicine doctors. And I really, I actually was getting sort of worse. And and so when I saw him, I was beyond excited about what lab testing could offer because I could finally get a picture or a snapshot of what was going on in my body at a deeper level. And I actually got so excited about this functional medicine summit, which is basically lots of information, that I got heart palpitations to that too. (laughs) So that's sort of when I knew I was like, wow, I really like this stuff. Um, And to sort of sidebar, I did 
um, a therapy practice with a lot of high functioning autism individuals who are also very anxious. And what I was starting to see in my practice is that I could only take them so far with therapy and the rest was re related to diet and lifestyle and all of these factors. And I was like, all of these therapists are addressing anxiety, which is great from a mindset perspective, but they're not necessarily looking at all of the other things that could be really right. where they're rooted in right the foundation you know you got to fix the foundation before you start building up the house exactly and so you know fast forward lots of figuring things out and my anxiety was because mold had started to colonize or grow in my um, gut right so it then was producing spores in my gut so even though I left the moldy apartment I still was carrying it literally and all the toxins inside of me. I actually also had a giant worm, literally like six inches come out of me. Oh. Um, <laughs> inside of me. I had, um, you know, an amoeba that was missed and not treated. And then I also had crazy high levels of copper that was overstimulating my adrenal glands and keeping my body in this super stressed out condition. And so when I, and, and actually I missed one, I had limbic system damage. So there was just a lot of pieces to my puzzle, which has really allowed me to fully understand healing anxiety from a very different perspective than what you're going to get in mainstream. And it sounds like you became the CEO of your health and you just were like, I am going to figure this out. And I applaud you because I always tell my, my patients, you're the doctor. I'm just your second opinion. Yeah. I mean, I sort of, I kept looking and seeking for somebody to like take me under their wing and, and support me. And I did find that in functional medicine doctors, but even then I had always a gut instinct of like, mm, we're missing something, mm, something else isn't right. And so um, I really started to realize if I was going to survive because I, as you know, I had to quit my job because my anxiety got so bad. Oh, I had to no. be my own advocate because nobody else was going to get me out of this. And so I was like, there has to be a reason. I just need to find it. And if I can find it, I can heal it. Yes. I feel for you. You know, Thank during you. that time, you must've done a lot of crying. I did actually. Um, and I did a lot of, uh, you know, I, I sat on the beach and I did sort of everything that I knew how to do. I relaxed, I meditated, I read self-help books. I became a yoga teacher. Like I did all of these things. I ran all these tests and I was still like, I think we're missing something. Um, and so we, we were missing for a long time, the mold piece. I think a lot of practitioners miss the mold piece. Um, it's, it's, it's much more, new. it's pretty new to us, even in functional medicine, it's pretty like last two, three years new. Yep. And so a lot of the messaging that I got was like, you just need to relax because I was working in the mental health industry and it's obviously stressful. The assumption was it was too stressful for my body. But when I went to the beach and relaxed, uh, nothing changed. So that's when I was like, mm, I don't think it's the external stress or something internal that's really creating this. So what did you do to get rid of the mold? 
I know it's a deep, long story. It you know, is, and I, I think I'm still sort of finished clearing up a lot of it. Um, so I actually tried herbs for a very long time and ended up going the medication route um, because the herbs tend to just stop the mold from growing, but they don't clear the infection out. So I did um, several weeks of medication for that. I did a lot of binders, um, infrared sauna to get the mold toxins out of my body. But the big thing for me was moving. So I actually did a test of my house to see what it scored in terms of mold. Which and test did you do? I did an ERMI test. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, so it's a dust test where you just sort of dust different areas and they DNA test the dust, which is super cool. And then if your dust um, scores a certain level, then if you are, have mold sensitivity, you're going to react living there. And so, you know, even the new place I'd moved into had enough mold to keep me sick and when I moved out, literally within a week, a chunk of my symptoms went away. I couldn't believe it. So you didn't, you didn't want, you didn't remediate your house. You just left. I left. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I was renting, so it was easy for me to oh, leave. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, and I'm very careful about, you know, where I live. I think for people, this is where it becomes a real sticking point because, uh, like there's a lot of shame around your house, you know, having mold because it's seen as like this dirty thing. And I think, you know, you can have it and not realize it. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is you don't have to live in a place where there's black mold all over the walls to be impacted by mold. And so a lot of times it's like, there's a hidden leak that you don't even realize that's then, you know, causing these mold spores behind the wall. And so it can be a big thing to even think about mold. I find for a lot of people and get that around your head. I denied it for years. Like people, like practitioners I worked with were like, think about molds. And I was like, no, no, no way. Um, and so I think even to get to the point where you're open-minded about it can be really, there's something with it emotionally that can be hard to acknowledge. Yes. And also in addition to that, healing mold is so long. It just takes so much work and it, it does. It, it's and hard work. work. It's hard work the limbic system had come in because what had happened is the mold spores had damaged my limbic system. And so it started to be hyperactive. So whenever it saw anything like master chef, it would send my body into this like high alert, got to run for the Hills because it had become so sensitive from this mold exposure. Right. And so it was misfiring all the time. And so that's why little things were sending me literally into panic attacks because my limbic system was so impacted. And so I, I literally had brain damage from it. And I had to learn how to calm my limbic system down and be like, hey, buddy, like, chill out. Everything is fine. We're just watching TV. Um, and, and do a lot of work around that in order to um, like then calm my whole nervous system down. Right. So even though I left the moldy place, I had to fix the brain. Right. And that's a big chunk of things that a lot of people miss as well. Right. And when your limbic system, the sympathetic part of your limbic system gets kicked in, then the three, you know, kick the can is how I remember it. And that's the cortisol, the adrenaline and the nor noradrenaline just go up like panic, panic. And you need to learn how to go into the, the dopamine, the oxytocin, the serotonin, the endorphin kind of hormones. And you, you can switch back and forth. So I want to let the viewers know you can switch highways from the sympathetic into the 
parasympathetic, but you yeah. got to be trained how to do that. Yeah. And I used um, DNRS to do it. Yeah, me too. I've done DNRS. I and love it, Annie Hopper. Mm -hmm. And look she at her journey. Hmm? Look at her journey. You and know? it was also interesting because hers was mold related as well. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, hers is also, she knew this isn't just in my mind. Like there's something else going on. This is a brain injury. So I really liked that perspective because I feel like a lot of times, especially with anxiety, there's a lot of shame, you know, like I yeah. should be better at controlling my thoughts. Like I talked to all of these women in my practice, like, what do you need to do? Or why aren't you getting to this goal of like being calm? Cause I can't control my thoughts. And like what that messaging tells your body, I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me that I can't heal. And so there's a lot of shame that gets piled onto that. Whereas if you look at it as like an injury or a physiological imbalance or a skill you don't have, then that shame is out of that picture. Right. So I love that. Yeah. I love that even understanding it in, the, in, the, in a different language sort of helps allow you to have this pathway of healing that's not available if it's like, well, I need to try harder. I know. So, so what's the biggest lesson you've learned on your healing journey? Have you ever in your adult life looked in the mirror and said, I never thought I would be depressed. And if you were like me, placed on medications. Well, if that's you, you are not alone. I understand that space. How would you like to learn how to overcome anxiety and depression and have a better life naturally? If that's you, then pop on over to doctoronamission.com for your three free gifts to help you today. The first is a vitamin D ultimate blueprint. The second is becoming the CEO of your mental health. Now that is a video series. And the third is the nine action steps to help you maximize your mental fitness in 30 days. Yes, I said 30 days. These are all yours. All you need to do is go to doctoronamission.com and that's doctor spelled long, D-O-C-T-O-R, on a mission.com. And now back to the podcast. That is a really great question. <laughs> um, I think the biggest lesson I learned is to trust myself um, and to not give up because, um, and to keep digging. And so if, if you know, you can't get where you want to be with one level of healing, it doesn't mean that another modality or a different practitioner or another perspective isn't going to get you there. But at the end of the day, you sort of know your body best. And so, you know, all these people are going to be giving you all this information, but if it doesn't resonate with you at your core, then, um, you know, you need to keep digging or keep advocating for what's going to work for you. Right. Absolutely. Listen to that, that voice, that inner voice inside. I agree. Yeah. I think that was sort of the biggest thing for me. Um, and you know, I'm still sort of continuing on my healing journey and I, I'm going deeper and deeper still into, I think what I'm looking at now, very interesting information about birth trauma, right. And how even at birth, it can 
wire your nervous system to be more prone to be sympathetic dominant if you've had a traumatic birth experience that hasn't been healed or hasn't been addressed, right? So um, that has been a whole new kind of can of worms for me to even look into it. Like maybe a lot of it is subconscious that I didn't even know about because it happened before I could really form memories. And yet my body physically remembers those traumatic experiences. Right. Right. And you, have you also heard of the ACE score? I'm sure the adverse childhood experience. Yeah. Wow. That really plays. And I just learned about that about three years ago and that has really helped me with my, with my people. Yeah. Like just, you know, based on the trauma you've experienced growing up, it's going to be a better predictor of whether you're going to have health issues. And a lot of people with the trauma are more likely to have health issues. And I think the challenge is, is that we don't really have great ways yet, yet of releasing trauma from the body. Um, that can be a really, really like therapy. We talk about it, but often that brain is so tightly wired around those traumatic experiences or that energy is stored in our body that it's learning how to find that and release it. Right. Um, and that's not really something that's always directly addressed in a lot of healing practices. Like how do you release that energy? And that can be part of the journey as well. Yes. And speaking of anxiety during the COVID period. You know, there's so much, I'm in so many groups, you know, listening to people's concerns down under. What, what do you recommend during this COVID pandemic that we're experiencing for the people that are having anxiety? Yeah, the number one thing I recommend is actually to turn off the news. Um, I don't know what the news is like where you guys are at, but you know, over here, it's very, very negative. Like even listening to the music, I don't watch oh, the it's news. it's negative here too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch the news, but I'll like, sometimes I go over to my parents and they have it on and I don't even hear what they're saying. And the music's like, dun, dun, dun. and like, that's already triggering my nervous system. Like, what is it? What is it? Oh my goodness. You know? And so even, you know, hearing that music is triggering me, let alone the information they're giving. And so what that's actually going to do to somebody is it's going to activate the limbic system, it's activating the parasympathetic system, it's driving up the cortisol, and it's skewing the facts because they're really only presenting you with negative information. So they're creating this negative fear-based bias, when then they don't present the opposite. So you can make this like, okay, well, here's the actual percentage of people that are ill. And so your brain is becoming exposed to all of this information. And what it does is it takes that and goes, well, if the news is saying there's COVID and this is who I'm relying on, then it must be everywhere because that's all I hear about. And so you make malinformed conclusions around the likelihood of risk. And so, I mean, that alone is going to keep you in a sympathetic system. So, you know, I just talked to a client the other day, we were working together and one of the things she did was cut out the news and she was blown away by how much calmer she was. Like it had become almost an addiction. Like she knew the numbers in Australia and New Zealand and Canada and she was from the States, but she just knew everything. She had to know everything. Um, And it was just keeping her completely high alert. So, I mean, the big one I think is like being very careful on your, even social media, right? Like 
Facebook is like sometimes loaded with negative stuff that pops up in your feed as well. So just being really conscious about how you're physiologically responding to the news and limiting your exposure to it. I agree 1 million percent. I don't watch the news. If it's bad enough, somebody will tell me something bad just happened. And then I'll kind of tune in and kind of listen and then that's it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So that would be my number one. Number two would just be to create space for self-care during this time. And I know like I tend to work mostly with women and a lot of uh, like a lot has changed for women in the last couple of months because you're, we're primary caregivers at home all of a sudden, and we're working from home and, you know, we're trying to deal with anxiety about COVID. And so it just becomes extremely overwhelming that time and space that we would have to, you know, go out to the gym or like go for a walk with friends or have a couple drinks. Like that is a lot harder to get. And so it's much more important to a validate that this is super intense right now and it's okay to be overwhelmed and B then create like plan in space for yourself to just decompress and unplug and you know do that self-care so important so important and we as women like don't feel like we deserve that time where did we come up with we just got to give 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 but if we don't fill up how can we give and and you know society has requested that we give right now like i know a friend of mine She's like, I have a young child. Like, can I get, you know, altered hours? And they were like, the employer was like, no. So, you know, there's pressure from the employer. Then there's homeschooling. I forgot about that piece. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's impossible. Like, that's creating a recipe for disaster. Like, the pressures that are coming outside in. And so it's really important to like, if you have a partner, work with them around that teamwork or access other supports. Like don't be afraid to seek other women to help out with what you're dealing with because isolation is where, you know, there's research that's been showing that community is where health comes from. And so when we're isolated and we stay alone, um, that's when we're more likely to be ill, especially with all these pressures coming on. Yeah, because we're created to be social beings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so it's just really making sure you have a solid plan to manage it. Um, I, you know, I've worked with a lot of women who've decided to invest in professional help during this time to learn, um, you know, skills and different approaches to deal with anxiety as well. Good. Um, like even doing yoga online, yoga with Adrian. she's on YouTube free, right? Um, sign up for um, Wim Hof's breathing techniques. Like there's a lot of cool things you can do online as well that are giving you stuff that you can use to calm yourself down. Right. Yes. There are so many free things. I love it. Hey, listen. um, So I just wanted to ask you, what do you do to self for self care? Oh, that's a great question. Tell me everything I want to know from the moment you wake up. Yeah. So I, you know, I have a hard time unplugging, um, especially when you're running your own business in the COVID era, it can be really, really hard to unplug. So I actually do a lot of self-care by going on trips to nature. So it forces me to leave my phone and then I can be in nature for days at a time. So I'll go on backpacking trips or canoe trips and things like that to really disconnect 
um, and really connect with nature because I find, you know, getting out of EMFs and, you know, all the Wi-Fi signals and the pollution and just really being present in nature allows my system to recharge. Um, so that's a really big thing. And obviously if I can't do that, it's like going for walks in nature during the day. Cause you can't every week, you can't just backpack or canoe. Right. Oh, no. um, so it's, it's doing that as well. Um, and it sort of depends on what I'm focusing on in the moment. Sometimes it's doing yoga. Other times it's doing breathing. Maybe it's journaling. It just depends on what I'm doing. Good. And sleep. Yeah. Sleep's a big one. Are right? you sleeping good? Um, sometimes I do. I actually have what's called a Faraday cage. And so a Faraday cage will actually block EMFs. So I've really been hacking sleep because there is still something sort of impacting my sleep rhythm, which I suspect is related to mold. So I've had to do a lot of work on what are external factors that are really impacting my sleep. So, you know, do I have blackout blinds is my air clean that I'm sleeping in have I turned off my wi-fi is my mattress toxic so all of those things are also going to play into sleep right 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 and what about have you checked your cortisol levels during while you're sleeping and the dutch test the dutch plus test yeah, I did a Dutch, not a Dutch plus. I did do a Dutch test um, a couple of years ago. And actually, interestingly, my cortisol was completely tanked. So my adrenal glands, because of all the mold stress and because of the high levels of copper, just lost their ability to produce enough cortisol, which what that means is that, you know, I have a 10% battery to get through every day. Yeah, you and have adrenal exhaustion. You have I'm adrenal done. Exhaustion. And then it flips over to adrenaline response, right? Um, instead of a, a typical stress response. So I've had to be very careful not to burn past my battery. Um, otherwise, I'm going to end up in that state. Have you been able to get your cortisol back up to normal levels? Have you? Do you know? I haven't tested in a while, actually. Yeah. The, the reason I ask is because I, two years ago, got myself checked and I had a dream. I was like, Neh. oh yeah. my gosh, the journey to, to, to to help heal your adrenal exhaustion is a long journey. I mean, you can do it, but it's a long journey. So it would be interesting for you to check your cortisol levels and see. Yeah, especially now that I'm not in the moldy place, right? Yeah. Like how much of that cortisol? Because I did a lot of work with like calming down and like all this meditation and all of these different strategies and it wasn't what was driving that adrenal fatigue so i had to sort of take a step back and be like let's look inside of the box now yeah cool mm -hmm. all right well i love talking to you we'll have to do this again okay yes we before will. we go i wanted to ask you is there something you want to do a shout out out of that you're doing special at your in your business yeah, so I actually have um, a program called the Holistic Anxiety Fix, and it's a 12-week program where I work, it's a group program where I work with women who want to embrace calm confidence and crush their anxiety. Um, and so I incorporate a lot of what I talked about today. So the limbic system, the mindset, breathing techniques, we go into diet and sleep strategies. And then we actually look at minerals, including copper toxicity. So it's a really different spin on addressing anxiety because it's not just focusing on the mind. We're sort of doing a much deeper dive into it. Um, so that is something that I do and sort of get you started on 
the journey for those that are interested in listening to this. I have a, um, you know, ebook that I have, which gives you strategies to reduce your anxiety in just seven days. So it's like pretty easy to implement strategies that you can do right away. And I believe the link is going to be in the, in the info section of the podcast. Is that right? Description. Yeah. The link is going to be in the description of the podcast. (laughs) All this technology. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The irony of working in an online business and struggling with technology. Yeah, silly. Anyway, we'll get, we press on, don't we? We do. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jody. I appreciate your time. Have a wonderful day. It's been so lovely to have you. Have a wonderful day as well. Thank you.